Act three, money. Act three. Act three. Yes. Well, Act honey, my friend, it is three. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film to casually stroll on down to the third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated out there, the third act is when we finally get around to discussing our low-fat, high-in-fiber, and now with 100% less glass shards, movie of the week! And this week, we continue our annual visit into beautiful, scenic Bunny Williams's head with a series of movies artisanally handpicked by Bunny himself. And this week, it is the 1974 African-American comedy Uptown Saturday Night. Now, yeah. Bunny, last week you and you casually mentioned near the end of the show that you loved this movie as a kid growing up. Yeah. See, now, okay, before I get into it, Okay, can you get into it? No, before you get, I just like to, when you said that, I imagine that it's the 70s and your friends are all, hey, buddy, want to come to my house and listen to some Bay City Rollers 8 tracks? And you're like, no, there's a Yafet Kodo film playing. (laughs) I'm going to go check out this new Yafet Kodo drama that's playing in Soho. So, okay, Bunny, elaborate for us. Why this film? So, so Okay, so now before that, though, I, I just want to see if you can give me a, a five-star rating, like a one out of five star. What did, what did you think? Oh, this, is, this was fun as shit. Okay. Love that. Love that. Get out of this movie. This was just fun. This was just fun. I had a blast with this film. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how young I was. Um, I'm gonna say somewhere between nine and eleven, which is kind of a hell of a jump. But when it when it ran on HBO for the, it, like its HBO run, I watched it like constantly, and I fucking loved this movie. And then like I kind of totally forgot about it after its run, until a few years ago, and I started trying to find Upside Side of the Night, and I couldn't find it anywhere, you know, and like. I think it's a good movie. Okay? It's a, it's a movie I'm going to wind up watching again. I know it. You know? But I'm not quite sure it's, it's what just was... Simple, it's, it's just a really simple premise. Two regular working class guys yeah. looking for something to build their heads. You yeah. know? Like, like, man, everybody could be to that. Yeah. I've, I, I've seen a lot of... Uh, I'll mention this later, but like this is Sidney Poitier in his most relatable role I've ever seen him in. Yeah. You know, he's not like a policeman fighting racism. He's not a stern teacher. He's a steel worker. Regular guy. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, no, it's just such a simple premise. He's a regular guy with a regular wife, and he and Bill Cosby work fucking very well together. I love that whole scene in the bar yeah. where it was like, 
you're, you're going to sneak out. You're going to wait until your wife falls asleep and sneak out, aren't you? And they go back and forth until it comes down. Basically, they're both going to sneak out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, as I usually lately try to start it out, what are your thoughts on this film? What are your preliminary thoughts on this film, on this movie, buddy? I, I liked it. I'm just not. I'm just not sure how I was connecting with it as a kid. Like I, I, I kind of remember it being a much more serious comedy than it is. Yeah. You know, so, so. I like it, you know. I I I watched it when I downloaded it, when I found it. I you know it wasn't like drudgery. It's like oh, I I get to watch Uptown Saturday Night tonight before the show, you know. I, I I I'm just having a bit of trouble rectifying what this movie is to what I thought this movie was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. So, okay, Uptown Saturday Night. Like this I, like I remember this. Like I remember this almost like, like Die Hard funny. You know, <laughs> like it was a lot rougher of a movie with laughs in it, and no, it's really not. <laughs> it's yeah, just I, a fucking I, I comedy. I got so hyped up when I realized that Silky Slim was the Reverend Cotton Comes to Harlem. Which one? Which we saw this one last year. Last year for October, you picked nothing but uh, uh, exploitation films. Right. And like I, I had seen Shaft and Shaft Goes to Africa and Black Bell Jones, and it, but. And uh, put your weight on it. Yes. Where is Bucky, and what has he had? But yes. like I didn't know black exploitation films. You really gave me like a like a school in black exploitation. So much so that when I saw Uptown Saturday Night, I'm like, wait a second, the bad guy Silky Slim is played by the bad Reverend from Cotton Comes to Harlem. Oh shit, <laughs> we're coming full circle here. <laughs> Impressive. This was obviously just a test of my black exploitation knowledge. Good on you, Bunny. I passed the test. <laughs> yes, so, okay. This movie, I really like Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier in this film. And at first I was like, we're going to see a Bill Cosby film. I'm going to be uncomfortable with it. The way that I justified it in my head is that this was Bill Cosby when he was still young and talented before he needed to drug people. Yes. Yes. But, but like, like, okay. So he is a, a, a creepy son of a bitch. He, but uh, that being said, two of them are really good together in this movie. He still has an you edge know, of sort of. He still has an edge of black on him in this movie. Yes. Yes, very much so. Very much so. But he, he, he they are really good together. And I really like uh, Bill Cosby, Sidney Poitier. This is a really good pairing. And it also, like, it, 
it also feels like, hey, here's Sidney Poitier, and in in the friendship, he's the serious, straightest one, and here's Bill Cody, the one who usually gets into trouble. Yeah. And Sidney Poitier goes to his friend who's trouble, and together they get into a bunch of trouble, and that's just a relatable duo experience that I've seen in a bunch of other movies. And these two do really well, and I really like them together, but I was kind of disappointed to learn that this movie was originally written for Richard Pryor and Red Fox. Really? But the studio heads didn't think they were famous enough. They weren't. It's like, damn, I would have liked that so much more. Like, Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier, they do a great job in this movie, but god damn it, Richard Pryor and Red Fox and Uptown Saturday Night would have been fucking great. Yeah. And at this point in time in their careers, you know, young and hungry and hot, you know? Like, that would have been a great freaking movie. That would have been wonderful. I just want to I just um, want to finish my thought on Bill Cosby before I go, before go too far yes. astray. Yes. This Bill Cosby, yeah. you know, you could just feel it from him. He's got an understanding from the streets, you know? He, yeah. He knows a, the streets. This is different from Dr. Yeah, Dr. Phil Huxtable, yeah. Bill Cosby, can't see the streets with a fucking pair of binoculars and Doppler radar. That's all I'm trying to yeah. say there. <laughs> yeah. And then when I see Uptown Saturday Night, when I when I see that in the title, I think, "Oh, this will be a good film about New York." Yeah. This will this will be a good New York about Brooklyn, but apparently this is a New York where five minutes away you're driving through treacherous streets on top of a mountain in LA, which <laughs> is a part of New York that I didn't know about. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, oh man, what an exciting conclusion. Wait, where the fuck are they? Where in New York are these treacherous Roads, yeah, that they're gonna fall off a cliff, off a bridge. I'm confused as to you have to get up to the Poconos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Richard Pryor's cameo is great. Yes, <laughs> yes, I absolutely loved that entire scene, and he's he is my. He is my ace in the hole because I was like, this is a really good movie. I don't know how we would be able, however, to do our new reoccurring segment. Can we Thor to it? Can we Thor to it? Where we try and come up with a bad sequel to each movie that we watch a la Thor to the Dark World. And that's where it hit me. We don't Thor to it, Bunny. Yes. We big LeBron. It and give a sequel to uh, Sharp Eye Washington, just like the Jesus Rolls. We give Richard Pryor his own film. Okay, I want to see more of his character. That's where you get the sequel. Have you? Here's a here here's 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 a question for you, Bunny. Have you seen the other two? <laughs> 
I, I've seen Let's Do It Again, which I really didn't like because that, oddly, as a child, I felt that one was too silly compared to the first one. You know? That's the one with JJ. Yes. That's the one with JJ in it. Yeah. As That's a prize fighter. Okay. And I, I only found out fairly recently that there was a third one. The third one was the last acting gig that Sidney Poitier did for like decades. And he's like, I'm going to stop acting for a while and I'm just going to direct. I'm going to be a director. So, yeah, the uh, piece of the action. That one had James Earl Jones in it. Hmm. I did my research. So, uh, yeah, I really like uh, Sidney Poitier. His range is amazing because when I think Sidney Poitier, I, I think I think authority figure, but he does a really good, just like normal, blue collar, hardworking man, you know? Yeah. And also, I would also like to take this time to say that the old Warner Brothers logo has been completely ruined by the fucking Joker. It's just, <laughs> it has been ruined by Joker's white male rage. Oh no, life is so hard for straight white males. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Joker movie. <laughs> but I, I, I like this film. It, it was fun and breezy. Uh, I really felt that scene after the nightclub where they're falling asleep in church. Yeah. I really felt that. When I turned 21... I was still a reader at church. So I was 21 years old, but I was still like uh, doing like uh, the first reading of the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. And uh, like they liked my voice at church and they would ask me to come in and read for them and like, hey, can you come in and do the Christmas Eve mass and, and all of this sort of stuff. But then I was a lapsed Catholic because I was 21. So I started drinking and I found out about uh, this a bar in the warehouse district of Phoenix that not a lot of people knew about because it was, it was in the warehouse district. And the only people who worked there were women in lingerie. Okay. And so, and so my parents would be like, we're so proud of you, Stevie, for still going to church. Here's $20 in case you want to go out with friends after work, after after church. And I'd go, thanks, mom and dad. I will take this money. We'll probably go to Denny's afterwards. And then I'm driving to church and I'm 21 years old. And I'm like, I can go to church or go to that bar with the lingerie ladies. And that's <laughs> when I stopped going to church. Yeah. So I, but there was a small period in time when I would go early, like, oh, they want me there early. And then I'd go and get a drink and then go to church. Okay. So, so 21 was really the tipping point for me. So I really felt the whole like in church, just, you know, yeah, almost about to knock out. And also, uh, uh, well, that's that's Catholicism. That's why they have you yeah. get up and kneel and shit like that. It's to keep you awake. Yeah, to pay attention. Yeah, when my when my grandfather died, all of the cousins were in church, and uh, my brother leaned over to me and he's like, "Oh shit, Stevie, I forgot all the moves." Yeah. 
I forgot that in church there are, there's choreography. Yes. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Do you know the moves? And I was like, not off the top of my head, but I feel like it's like riding a bike. Yeah. And like when the key comes, I'm pretty sure I'll know it. So it was. Well, really you just gotta really, you just gotta really observe the people around you. I I yeah, was Catholic for a short period of my life. <laughs> you gotta watch no, them around the problem, you. But the problem was was that it was a, like a funeral, so the entire family was sitting up at the front. Yeah. And so we're in row one. All of the grandkids are in row one, and it, it's really weird because like I'm there. And oh, sad moment, ready to pray. And I turn and look, and there's like 12 cousins all looking at me. Yeah. So I can cue them for when to stand and kneel. And so, oh. And it's like, shit, I hope I know the moves. Okay. Yeah. No, you watch the you watch the other guys. So it's kind of like, Stand, stand. Okay, we're going for a stand. We're going for a stand. Oh, oh no, fuck! It's a kneel. It's a kneel, and you're and you're like all yeah. the way stood up, and now you have to go and kneel. You know, the one thing that I like of this movie is that uh, I think that Harry Belafonte could have done the part better without doing a Marlon Brando impression. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. You know, like, you don't have to have the cotton in your mouth. You don't have to be doing the voice. Harry Belafonte is an amazing person. You don't have to do a Brando for this role. Just do it, you know? But it did make it like, silly. It, yeah, and that's what they were going for. I knew that Marlon Brando was in the movie, so when his character showed up, I'm like, that can't be. Is, is, <laughs> I, I knew that... Uh, that Harry Belafonte was in the movie, but then when that character showed up, I'm like, "Is that Harry Belafonte like virtually unrecognizable?" Yeah, because his face is all fat. He's doing a voice. I'm like, "Is this him?" Is it was him? hard to tell. That was so. Good. I thought I thought Harry yeah. Belafonte was one of the one one of the robbers. I thought, like, I looked on. Wikipedia, and it said that like here is who Harry Belafonte plays, and so when they find him, it's like, are you blank? And he says yes. I figured that Harry Belafonte was actually in the back room, and this was the guy pretending to be the yeah. the the boss. Yeah. In fact, the real boss is in the back. Harry Belafonte would come out and be like, boys, boys, boys. Come on in. Let's talk business. But it's like, no, it was him doing like this weird ass caricature. And it... do you want to explain the plot, Bunny? I feel like you already did, but this is the point. Oh the no, I don't think I don't think we actually have gone through the plot. Um, yeah, no. Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby are both your average working Joes. Each have a wife. Go out after work. Have a couple of drinks. They're steel workers. Um, and Bill Cosby talks Sidney Poitier into going to this fancy schmancy nightclub whose name I keep forgetting. Yes. Because it's the person's name. Zan. Zan something. Yeah. Zanadu. Yeah, something like that. So they go to this nightclub. It's a high end nightclub. They 
they have to have a they they forged a letter from an important person so that they could show to the door to get into this club. It's a really fucking exclusive club. And there's ga- gambling in the back, and there's hookers and things like that, and they're having a good time at this club. Uh, then uh, a gang of gunmen break in, dressed all in black with black hoods. Not hoods, o- almost like nylon. You know? Masks. Yeah. And they rob the place, and they all get robbed. Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier have to go home. And then Sidney Poitier finds out the next day that he hit the lotto or lottery. He he basically hit the numbers. This was basically illegal at the time. He hit the numbers. Yeah. So he was now rich, but his ticket was in the wallet that was stolen the night before. So that launches us yeah. into the movie, and from there, it's it's basically a journey through the comic underground uh, to recover this ticket. Basically, it. yeah, yeah. No, that's a great that's a, that's a great summary of the plot. Fun fact, not so fun fact, horrible fact. My father uh, in the 70s had this big bushy beard, 70s and part of the 80s. He had this big bushy beard and uh, big ears and a big old man nose. And he, I, he, I thought as a child that he looked a lot like Bill Cosby, that, he, that my father looked uncannily like a brown Bill Cosby, like a Mexican Bill Cosby. <laughs> and when I was younger, I would tell my dad that and he would get angry. Why? Because my dad was racist and hated black people. Okay. My dad was not not the best person in the world. <laughs> That's why I decided to wear this Black Matter shirt while recording this. Fun fact, this film cost roughly $2.5 million to make and grossed over $7 million in the box office and another almost $7 million in video rentals. So nice. this was a huge hit that came out. And they made two other films which people call a trilogy Despite the fact that in each film, uh, Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier play different characters, it's still considered a trilogy of their films together. Yeah, yeah, like you would like Which, like you would group all the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movies together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's yeah. There you go. Yeah, but it's a funny film. Great performances. I, I found the second one. Let's do it again on YouTube, and I'm going to see that. Uh, I put it on my watch later playlist. It's really cute. Even our favorite savage movie reviewer, the New York Times Vincent Canby, gave a positive review to this movie. Yeah. So yeah. even even the most savage movie reviewer that we're big fans of liked this movie a lot. So that's good. I really I I, I really did like this. This was fun. Again, I'm gonna know? I'm gonna wind up watching it again. I'm gonna watch it a, f- a few times. I mean, like I say, it's a it's a good movie. I'm just kind of rattled that it's not the movie that I thought it was. You know, yeah. So that just like yeah. has me thrown off. 
How did I think this was serious? How, how, you know, but at the same time, like Huggy Bear was on TV. Rooster from Beretta was on TV. Why wouldn't I buy into these characters as more legitimate characters than they were? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For a child's brain. I think I'm working it out, man. I think I'm working it out. (laughs) I I can understand seeing this very silly movie, but like when you're younger, thinking that it's a lot more serious because it's, you know, going through the like the underbelly of the city and crime and all of that and the police are after someone. I can see someone thinking that this was more serious than it actually was. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. So my brain is my brain is having a hard time making that shift to like it's just a screwball comedy. It's just it's yeah, yeah, and it's funny. It's funny as shit. But but like my brain keeps thinking, no, this is something else. See, if I was nuts. If I was nuts, I would insist on that's what it was and blame the Mandela effect. Yeah, there you go. I I loved the scene where they go into the bar and they beat this guy up and look for some uh, uh, mobster. And then when they finally find the mobster and the mobster's muscle, Bill Cosby is just trying to, like use his mouth to get out of the situation and he's talking about it. and suddenly he's he's trying to pretend like he's a badass and then suddenly here's this big muscle okay well sir you see i'm a veteran and uh i i i i i black out sometimes and i think i'm someone else yeah and he just tries to talk his way out of the situation for like a good couple of minutes yes and it's like oh that whole scene loved that whole scene. Love the entire scene. It and took then, me, like, Bill it, Cosby. It took me just until last night, what, last night's view, for me to realize that Sidney Portier's wife is Rosalind Cash from The Omega Man. Yes. And from Pope on yes. Film Early Edition, Special Edition. She was in that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've uh, I don't think we've ever done a Mega, a Mega Man, but this is at least now her second appearance on the Pope on film. Nice, nice, nice catch there. Yeah, so that's all I've got for this week's movie. It was good. It was fun. I believe the full thing is on YouTube. I believe all three of the movies in the trilogy are on YouTube right yeah. now. Yeah, son of yeah. a bitch. Anybody. Anybody wants to check those out? Because I was looking for the trailer so I can put in the background while we talked about it. And one of the first things that popped up was, you want the whole movie? And I'm like, no, it's a trailer. Thank you. Well, something must so then have... then I'm like, oh, if you have... Well, something must have happened it, fairly I, recently. Because just fucking last night, I was like... I I'm scrolling through Facebook and I came across an ad for all three movies for like nine ninety nine, hmm. and I Strange. was like, "What the fuck? We're doing that show to that movie tomorrow." That's weird. That is really weird. Nobody has discussed this movie 
in forever. We decided to yeah. put it on the show. Suddenly, it's all over the fucking place again. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're tastemakers. We're tastemakers. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. how it works. Uh, ahead of the curve. Pope <laughs> on film. Yes. Fact. So 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 that was fun, and I really liked that, Bunny. Yes. But what are we doing next week? Okay. Um, I'll to find out what we're I, doing. I, I, I really, I really was kind of expecting you to talk more about this movie this week uh, than you did. You kind of alluded to it, but we are doing the, I believe it was 1978 May West film Sextet. That's what I was mentioning when I when I was talking about 1976's Keep on Trucking. Yeah. Uh-huh. With, with, with the big cast and, and she doesn't know her lines. Ringo Starr, George Hamilton. I yeah. she 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 plays something like her character is like literally supposed to be like 26 or 19, somewhere in between <laughs> there. You know, it's just like a completely ridiculous age for Mae West to be playing. And I'm like, I, 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 I've got to see this movie. So when I was thinking about doing Mae West, it was like, but like, I, I didn't have enough good Mae West movies to make a whole fucking thing out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, I was going to mention it last week when we did the Mae West movie, but then I came up with the with the idea of my top three Mae West movies where I could make fun of Sextet. Yeah. So I did mention Sextet during that movie so I could oh. make fun of it. This- yeah. Okay. Have you seen it before? I... I I am aware of it. It's supposed yeah. to be one of the movies of all time because she doesn't know her lines at all because she's way too old to be in the movie. I was but aware of it when it came by- out. Yeah, but then they hid the fact that she was too old by making it a star-studded comedy romp sort of thing where, like, let's do cameos and big musical numbers and that will hide the fact that, like, she's 88 and can't really act anymore. Yeah. Is the way that I always knew of the film. But no, I've never actually seen it or I've seen bits of it. I'm not even sure if I've ever really seen bits of it. Well, I must have seen bits of it when it came out. Because I'm sure they ran commercials. But I don't remember that. Oh, so this is exciting. We're going back to Mae West. Fuck the police. We're going back to Mae West. Yep. All right. That's exciting. That is exciting. I'm excited to finally watch this movie. I have been working really hard lately to download as many of the IMDb bottom 100 as I can. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not. Because I remember back in the day, the IMDb bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. Back in the day, Plan 9 from Outer Space was on there. Glenn or Glenda was on there. Bride of the Monster was on there. But from 1999 to 2019, 
so much shit has come out that there are no more Ed Wood movies on the bottom 100. <laughs> nice. So much shit has come out that like Plan 9 from Outer Space is bad, but but uh, but what has come out since then? Uh, Yui Boyle has come out. Uh, Cats. Britney Spears' Crossroad, the all-white Dragon Ball Evolution, uh, that Rollerball remake, uh, Battlefield Earth, Pluto Nash, The Room. So I've been trying to download all of these really bad movies, and so I'm in like a real big bad movie focus right now. So I'm really excited to see Sex Tat. Yes. So next week's going to be... Next week is going to be a good one. Now, so though, like I told you, it's going to be a it's going to be a very eclectic time. Just odd yeah, movies, yeah. little pockets, no particular theme. This is an odd time that we all find ourselves in. So yes, so it's okay. That is okay. So I'm excited for next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, so much excitement and drama and passion. Yes. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good week. This has been a pretty good episode. I think it's been a damn good episode. A damn good episode. I feel the same way. I I, I feel the same way. (laughs) I didn't want... I, I feel that a person makes that distinction. I didn't want to step on your toes, but yes, I I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. <laughs> Nothing to say? Oh. And you quarantines. And you quarantines? Is that what you said? Okay. Do 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 do. Do 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 do